This is Chronic Victory Podcast number 64 with me, David Montez. Beth is not here. She has the day off. I gave her the day off, everybody. As the, what am I, CEO, C-O-O of Chronic Victory Podcast, I said that it's allowed today. And here's how it's going to go. I'm going to go through some stuff from the Bible And why is it that when you bring up things in the Bible, a lot of people, at least a lot of people that I see or talk to, kind of just laugh it off or shrug things off as if they've read the whole thing. At least read the text and tell me why something couldn't help you or didn't make sense. And and then we'll talk about that. Regardless, we're going to go through some stuff from the Bible. Just one section in particular that is like a blueprint for everyday life. And what I find it helps me do is have a more clear direction in what I'm doing. It basically allows me to know what the right thing is to do or how I should act in a certain situation. It just takes a lot off your plate that you otherwise say there's a situation that you don't know how to react. And what's funny about it is this section is kind of the opposite of what you would think would be a blueprint for your life or just living. What it also does is it helps me deal with the chronic issues, the chronic pain, illness and all that stuff, injuries, because it gets my head right and it helps with my mental health. And if my mental health is is sound and not in um, any peril, if you will, or if I'm not having a hard time with that, then my body, the physical body and the physical things around me are a lot easier to deal with and digest and kind of handle. And the day-to-day operations, if you will, are a lot easier. Now, if you were into natural supplements like I am to help with your everyday life, go to findyourhealthyplace.com, use coupon code VICTORY, you will save 30%, you'll get free shipping. So, Protein, vitamins, things that can keep your immune system bolstered during this time. I know it's still crummy outside where I live. It's cold, below freezing, super dry, and I'm on antibiotics for something I couldn't control, but I'm still taking my supplements, which makes things a lot easier. So if you're into that stuff, go to findyourhealthyplace.com. Also, wildtheory.com for any CBD needs, use coupon code VICTORY, get a discount there as well. Now that that's out of the way, is what's called the Beatitudes. You probably heard of the Sermon on the Mount and the the Beatitudes, maybe even the Beatitudes themselves. And it's from the Bible from Matthew 5, Matthew 5. And so let me just go through and read kind of what it says here. And this, this of course, is not the full message. These are just some highlights that I took out myself that I that I want to relay to you guys, and and you'll see why in a second, and why I would even suggest it being a blueprint for everyday life. All right, number one, and this is not from me. Reminder: this is from Jesus Christ. Okay, this is from Jesus when Jesus was on the mountaintop doing the Sermon on the Mount. It's called. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, and here we go, number one, blessed are the poor in spirit. Immediately you're thinking, what? Aren't you supposed to be, you know, high in spirit? 
Well, what this actually means, blessed are the poor in spirit, it signifies to be humble. And humility brings openness. Now, there's kind of an opposite to every one of these beatitudes, and a beatitude being something like supreme grace, if you will, or something uh, like supreme blessedness. And so immediately you think, blessed are the poor in spirit. That's interesting because you would think you're supposed to be, the opposite would be like you're high in spirit, you're energetic, you're untiring, you know, those people that never are, never get down, they're always positive, they don't have a lick of negative energy, they're always caffeinated, (laughs) maybe they're always caffeinated, but they're very enthusiastic and nothing seems to bother them. Maybe you've met somebody like that before. What this kind of also tells me is it's okay to, uh, you know, my daughter did a project recently on Mother Teresa, and what I've been, I've been having what I now call Mother Teresa moments, because what I learned from her report, and I had to help her do research, you know, just kind of chaperoning her while she's on the internet, because the internet's a dangerous place, as we know, and and she's young. So it it turns out Mother Teresa, who, if you've heard of her, um, is a very devout person, devout to God. She had personal notes that were found, I I think it was after she died, that she wrote that, and she wrote these notes basically to God, or even in her, to herself, sort of like her personal diary type of thing, where she had all these doubts about her faith, about all the work she was doing. And that's really surprising, because she didn't have that. I mean, you wouldn't, just looking at her, or people that knew her would not know that. And a lot of people even go as far to say that she's the patron saint of doubt. And what my daughter wrote and what her teacher ended up loving too was that, and her whole class actually, was that you can, basically the moral of the story here with her is how we should act also, which is that even if you have doubts, you could still serve God, you could still live a godly life, you could still do great things with your life. And before we go to number two, Let me remind you, you don't have to be a Christian, you don't have to be Catholic, you don't have to agree with me on all this stuff, but I think even the ideas themselves that you can take from these Beatitudes, and you can use them as a blueprint, a guide for your everyday life, helping your mental health, which in turn helps your physical health, helps you deal with all the physical things around you in this world that you know. All right, so blessed are the poor in spirit, which signifies actually blessed are the humble people, the people that are humble. If you have humility, we need to have humility. We need to be humble. We need to stay that way. And the opposite of that would be the high in spirit, right? You think blessed are the high in spirit. You must have high spirit to be blessed, energetic, untiring. But that's not true. That's not what Jesus tells us. It's interesting. All right, number two. Blessed are those who mourn. And again, I'm not giving the full message here. I'm just just the highlights um, that I took out personally. So blessed are those who mourn. And you're thinking, well, why? Because mourning, like you're just supposed to be sad or what? It, what is that? And, and you would think that the opposite would be blessed are those that show strength. You know, the people that grit their teeth. And they don't, even though things bother them, they bottle it all up and they just push forward. They push through. And we have done that many times. I know you have, and I certainly have. And we can't hide that because we know it's true. We've done that. So blessed are those who mourn. What does that mean? 
Well, that really means mourning our sins. And if you don't believe in sins and, and you don't have to, it means mourning our mistakes, our poor choices, having those regretful, uh, I shouldn't have done that moments. And um, it's kind of funny. I was playing a video game with some people and uh, some friends. And one of the guys was like, he didn't have his really good weapons or armor like everybody else did. And he was saying how crappy he was and somebody else pointed out something really cool they were like if you know that your your damage and your gear sucks and that your your character sucks right now then you're not a sucky player you're a good player and then it's kind of like in real life too I, I really liked that even though it's a game if you know the mistakes you made and you recognize them and, and the poor choices and things like that and you feel bad about them and you're like oh, i shouldn't do that again I, I don't intend to do that again then that do, that indicates to me that you don't suck at life, so to speak, that you you actually are learning and that's a good thing and you realize what you need to do. So blessed are those who mourn, mourning our sins, mistakes, and poor choices. Number three, blessed are the meek. And I think the opposite of this would be somebody that's thick-headed, like an actionable person. And what blessed are the meek means to me is that one, it's, it's a person that can manifest self-control. They can maintain self-control. They don't overindulge. They don't get overly aggressively upset right away. You know, they don't just blow their fuse. They still have emotions appropriately, but they look at the whole situation. They're able to control and maintain their mind and their body during certain instances. You would think the opposite, right? Blessed are the thick-headed. And we we know there's a lot of thick-headed Christians out there and thick-headed people that refuse to budge or listen to other people or um, share in any sense idea sharing with other people. Number four, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That one's a pretty uh, self-explanatory one. And what this kind of means also is like an appetite for virtue and justice, you know, guides you to uh, a development of yourself. So that one's probably the only real straightforward one here. Number five, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And again, you would think the opposite, which would be blessed are those who give no quarter, those who are defensive, those who argue, and they put their stake in the ground and they do not move. Or they're ruthless in what they have to say and, and the actions that they take. So again, it's not something you would expect. It's blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Things like love, people. Things like empathy. You know, relating to somebody's situation. Even if you don't agree with them. I've been a part of many pain groups and um, like some mental health groups. Um, and it's, it's very eye-opening. And I don't always agree, most of the time I don't agree with probably 75% of the people in any group I've ever been in. And that's okay. I can still empathize with what's going on. I can still learn from them. Even if it's that I'm learning that, hey, I don't want to be like that. Or, oh, wow, that was a good reminder that I don't want to be bitter and angry towards people because of my own situation. And I think that's important. Also, the merciful. Things like forgiveness. And that's a hard one, man. Americans don't like to forgive. That's what I see. That's my opinion. And one of my good mentors and friends 
tells me all the time, and I, I repeat it probably more than he does. He's probably sick of me saying it, but he told me once, 95% of the world's problems could be solved by forgiveness. And I think he's right. I think he nailed it. But really just forgiving people, letting things go and moving on is also f- mega, mega freeing for yourself. Let's just remember that. So contemplate that one. And it also brings peace. If you're able to forgive and let things go, I'm not saying you have to forget. You could certainly set boundaries and and uh, you can still be upset by the things that happened if you were wronged, if you were a victim of something. I get that. But there's a certain part that needs to be forgiven. And sometimes it's a lot easier. Sometimes it feels damn near impossible. But once you let that stuff go, especially the easier, smaller stuff that's a little, you know, the easier stuff to forgive and just leave it behind, you never have to pick it up again. You don't have to dwell on it. You don't have to talk to other people about it and whine and and complain about what somebody said or did and gossip about it. Like gossip in itself is super destructive and and venting too. There's a, I think there's a proper way to vent and it needs to be constructive. Otherwise you're just blowing yourself up. So it can bring a lot of peace about you. It can really free you in a lot of ways mentally, which again, in turn frees you physically. It's the physical things are a lot easier to handle when the mind is more strong and less full of junk. Number six, blessed are the pure in heart. And the opposite to that would be, but I have to care for myself. I have to care for me. Yes, you do. You do. That's true. But blessed are the pure in heart. And what this means is being free from selfish desires and self-seeking motives. And it's not excluding self-care. Because self-care is a form of love and respect towards yourself. Which would be a a pure in heart moment. So free from selfish desires and self-seeking motives. Blessed are the pure in heart. Number seven. Blessed are the peacemakers. Huh. And the opposite to that would be people that avoid confrontation, people that ignore things and just want to be, and just want to stay out of everything. And sometimes that's the safest thing to do and you have to do that. But the opposite would also be the people that create the trouble, the people that start trouble either for the sake of just there being drama and trouble or because they believe in their motives and they think the trouble is how they get to the good part, whatever that may be for them. But what this really means, blessed are the peacemakers, are the ones that try to manifest peaceful lives. When I'm in a group, I'm going to use group often because I had a strange experience in group recently, and we'll get to that in a different podcast. But anytime somebody disagrees with me or I disagree with them, I still try to keep the peace and tell them like, listen, I, I hear you. And that like, that's, I understand what you think about that. And that's hard. And And that's certainly something you can thank, but I'd like to share my experience and see what you think about that. And, and then after that, you can really read that person. You can really get a lot of feedback if they're willing to even, sometimes I say things and and I put way too much thought and effort into it. And it turns out the other person didn't even listen to a word. I said, they were busy crafting a response for anything I said while I was talking. So instead of listening to what I had to say, everybody's crafting their their rebuttal and and not listening. It's just, it's just silly that way. And that's, that's where you lose me. And to be a peacemaker, it also means to work to share peace and friendship to others. Like actually share positivity. Share by reaching out. 
Hey, how's it going? Haven't talked to you in a while. Offering friendship. I'm not saying you have to be everybody's friend. But start acting like one and keep doing that. And there's a thing about being a peacemaker. It's, it's, uh, there was a, you know, in law enforcement, they would always use this, you know, blessed are the peacemakers for they should be called the sons of God, um, quote. But it's not only peacemakers like that. Anybody can be a peacemaker if they work to do it. And it's really not that hard. And with being a peacemaker, there's a form of godliness you have to have about you. You have godliness, but you're not a god. Let's 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 not get this wrong here. So you're not a god. And by godliness, what does that mean? Well, in the in the Bible it means devoutness, you know, it means moral uprightness. To be wise is to live in godliness, reflecting the nature of the kingdom of God in the course of everyday life. So devoutness, moral uprightness. That's what I mean by godliness. So you need to have some godliness about you. Be a peacemaker. Number eight, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. And Jesus uses an example later. When men revile you, persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely and in his name. So the opposite of blessed who are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, I think, are people that lie down or people that lie or people that back down and just cower. Choose to cower, and they choose fear other than what they know to be the righteous thing. Again, not always easy to do that. Sometimes, I guess especially if you're like the only one that wants to do the right thing and everybody else is against you, sometimes that's really intimidating. And I think this is really relatable, especially as a podcaster, when it says, when men revile you, persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely. And in my opinion, the people that accuse me and uh, say that I'm not sensitive or, or that I'm ignorant or that I, all I create is inspiration porn and I'm just, a, I don't know, a cancer to the chronic illness community, I think that's uttered against me falsely. And that's what I believe. And I don't logically see how my show could be anything but a form of sharing, a form of knowledge, and a form of support. And until somebody shows me or gives me a good argument of why it's anything but that, then I can't listen to those people. I mean, people are going to persecute you. That's human beings. Wherever you go, there's going to be people that revile, persecute, utter things, all kinds of evil, call you names, you know, accuse you of things. And to me, when I know I'm doing good work and I'm doing the best I can, I'm just trying to go and be out there in some way and connect with people and provide support for people like you that are listening. I think there's not many greater honors than to be as Jesus was. It's actually an honor. It's glorifying when somebody persecutes you for being righteous or or, or trying to do what's right. That's exactly what happened to Jesus. And I love Jesus. I'm not saying you have to. That's your choice. And that's a choice that everybody has. But I, but I do. And so to have what happened to him, to take some of that upon myself by man and what people will say to you and do to you, to me, that's glorifying that I can, you know, I can stand my ground, stand tall. And I think that's where we you and I can gain a lot of power here is to stand our ground 
and feel that sense of strength that no matter what people accuse you of or, or call you or try and do to you, that they really can't harm you. I mean, your mind is yours. Your beliefs are yours. It's very similar to what I read in books about Stoicism. Like, so sim- similar to the Stoics who state, for instance, that there's no, there's no one that can harm you because what's in your mind remains yours. They, really, they actually say that. Like you truly can't be harmed unless you choose to be. You can choose to be harmed or not, and that it's based on your perception. Now, that's a hard one to swallow for a lot of people, me included, me included. Because I could think of a hundred times that I hurt in life. But I can also think of some times where I was hurt in life, but I maybe I didn't do my best to perceive that hurt differently, that I could have lessened that hurt. Or maybe I could have actually changed my perspective to the reality around me and changed how I felt I was harmed to that it was just something that happened. And that's something I'm still investigating. That's something I'm still learning about. But that whole concept there is is interesting to me, especially when it comes to pain and chronic pain and just living with pain and and being in pain all the time. I'm always looking for like the the secret answer of how to live with that and how to cope with that. So if somebody's telling me, hey, you can choose to be harmed or not, it's your perception. I want to find out why somebody says that. I'm not just going to dismiss that. I think it's good that we dive into all these things deeply and figure out how we can use this intelligence and, and, and to use it for us while we're here, use it to better our lives. That's the point. And what's similar about what the Stoics think about how you can choose to be harmed or not, that it's your perception. And again, I understand that's a hard one to swallow. I'm not, I'm not quite there yet, but there's some instances where I can relate to that. So I get it. But similar to what the Stoics are saying there, Jesus says something also similar, and that's no man can harm your soul or rip it from you. No man can harm your soul or rip it from you. Physically, obviously, we can be hurt. Somebody can hurt us. People, the world can hurt us because that's how things work here. But Jesus is 100% correct, I believe. When he says, no man can harm your soul or rip it from you. That's something that you were given, you get to keep. So similar to what the Stoics believed about the mind. And later on, it's actually interesting. The Stoics actually do, as Christianity becomes more popular, you see that they go from multiple gods to a singular God. They start adopting Christian values, especially near the end of some of their lives, like Emperor Marcus Aurelius. But similar to that statement about their mind, that no one can harm you because what's in your mind is yours. There's that concept there. No man can harm your soul or rip it from you, which I think is very similar. You can obviously choose what you want to believe there and and what you want to call it. Some people say we don't have a soul. Some people say it's just our uh, electrical synapse in the mind. And that's all we are is a, a bunch of protons, neutrons, electrons, and and atoms just zapping each other, forming thoughts and whatnot. I don't believe that. I, I believe in the soul. And I think, um, you know, if you've ever just listened to a song, gone to an orchestra concert or something, uh, had an emotional moment in your life ever, how do you explain things like that? How do you explain things like love? How do you explain music? Why sometimes when I hear a really good song, do I get goosebumps? 
because the song, I'm just wearing some headphones just like I am now. The song isn't touching me. So what's, what's changing in me? You could, is it a bunch of chemicals? No, I feel emotions. I feel love for people. I feel all these different things. And I could argue day and night why I believe in the soul. But regardless of what you believe, I think there's truth to these statements. Obviously, I'm going to lean towards what Jesus says, because that's, that's me. But even so, think about that. The stuff inside you, your thoughts, your feelings, the things that drive you, people can't take that from you. People can influence whether or not you leave that behind or whether or not you, you, know, you abandon that or maybe even trick you into thinking that, that you can't control that stuff anymore. I mean, some people, especially um, you hear these instances of narcissism and, and what narcissists can make other people feel like is that they can't even think for themselves and they, that their thoughts, they, they don't even own their own thoughts. But that couldn't be further from the truth. There's tons of stories, uh, prisoners of war, especially, where, uh, especially in the Vietnam era, I've read multiple books that kind of cite certain certain things here and there, like a pilot, for example, would be shot down, be a prisoner of war. And he would be physically tortured and malnourished and not fed enough and just treated horribly. But he had his mind and he kept his mind and he and and all he did was realize that his mind was his. They couldn't take that away no matter how bad they hurt him. And I think um, something to consider with that being said is that even though there's truth to these statements about, you know, what's in your mind and that your soul is yours, it can't be harmed because it's it's yours, it's in you, that it's still not going to be easy when things happen, when somebody hurts you, when somebody accuses you, when somebody comes at you. But I think observing this, that we have something that can't be taken away, I think that's empowering, and that's exactly why I'm sharing it with you today. So the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. All that put together, consolidated, and broken down is a blueprint to living a better daily life. And why not? Let's take some of the burden off you. You already have something going on. That's why you're here. Probably, most likely multiple things, if you're, if you're like me. That's, that's usually how it goes. I highly doubt somebody just broke their arm, falling out of a tree or something, and are listening to Chronic Victory Podcast. I would be, I would be shocked if you only had a single issue. But I hope, I'm, I, I mean, I hope one or none, that would be cool. One can always hope. Anyways, that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. It's always good to have you with me. And let me know what you think. Hit me up on Instagram at Chronic Victory Podcast or send an email to chronicvictorypodcast at gmail.com. I like to hear from people. Until next time, do what you know is the right thing to do. Stay humble. Try to be empathetic. Try to forgive all the stupid people out there because they're out there. And try and be a friend. All these things will make you feel better. Stay in the fight.